This episode of Blizzard's Breakaway is brought to you by TickPick. Hmm. Is it an actual sponsor? No, not really. I mean, I'm not getting paid whatsoever. Uh, but my friend Connor works there, and I'm going to take over the Snapchat. Because guess what, guys? I'm going to Game 3. So if you guys want to follow me for Game 3, you can follow me on TickPick uh, for the Snapchat for that time. And if you want to meet me at the game, you can go ahead and hit us up on Twitter at Blizzard's Break or at Twitter at OHRyanMead. See you there. Blue Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. I'm here with my dear co-host Gregory, and we're also sitting on the bench. Greg, say hello. <sighs> yeah, big sigh there. No, eh? No, definitely a big sigh. We were not a good team. No, you know what? I take it back. We were a good team until our coach made some questionable decisions. You know, I wish we were recording this right after Saturday, but it would literally just be screaming into this mic for the next five minutes. Because that was, I have to say, maybe the... Alright, there's three losses that stick out in my mind as a Ranger fan in the past three years. Four years at this point, I guess. And that is, uh, I count all these as one. All the overtime games against the Kings. Game 7 against the Lightning at home. One of the most pathetic Ranger performances to ever happen. And then, this game set, uh, game 2 against Ottawa... Really, how do you blow a game like that with two minutes left and you're playing Stahl and Holden on in crunch time and you're sitting two of your best defensemen? Gregory, I have so much rage and anger for what what happened. It, it, that, we haven't even touched on Pavel Buchnevich or Oscar Lindbergh yet, and we're going to get to all of those. The question I want to start off with is, I know you hate A.V., has he officially overtaken Terry Collins for you? <laughs> Wrong week to ask that question. <laughs> I think it's the right week, um, isn't it? No. Someone asked me today, I could only shoot fire one. Who would I fire? Terry Collins and Elaine Vigneault. And I think I've just been standing, looking outside my window, contemplating that question for the last five hours. And I still don't know. Someone, uh, someone... I was at... Go ahead, sorry. Oh, you were saying go? Go uh, on. Someone's commented on the, the thread last week saying, Greg sounds like he needs a hug. And nothing has changed. <laughs> we no, are... it's, it's, the, the, timeline, the timeline found a way to get darker. Um, I was at Bacon and Beer Fest at City Field on Saturday during the la- later parts of the game. Um, when it was 5-3 and I thought everything was hunky-dory and life was going to be all right. There were, I noticed, I mean, it's a Saturday in New York. The Mets weren't home. So a lot of City Field were guys in Rangers jerseys or Ranger shirts or Ranger hats. And it's hard to be disgruntled at something like a bacon and beer festival when everything's prepaid and it's literally all you can drink, all you can eat. Right. But man, everybody was just grumbling, not happy. The game wasn't on any TV anywhere, and I think that was actually cheering them up a little bit because they could just walk away from it. Uh, it, it was bad. The, you were calling this a really bad loss. The thing that makes this loss even worse is completely avoidable. 
The Rangers could have won that game. Oh, you think? Like, <laughs> as, a, as a team, did the Rangers play well? No. But some players played better than others, and those players were not on the ice in crunch time. Let's read a quote, shall we? Let me bring this quote up for you. Uh, A.V. said on Shea's usage, Minutes are based on how you're playing and what you're doing for the team the night, that night, what your contribution is. Okay, in a nutshell, hey, if, hey Shea, if you're playing well, I'm going to keep playing you. Shea was the most impactful defenseman on the ice the entire night. He had a play where he lifted a stick from, a, uh, from an opposing player who's going to have a clean shot on Lundqvist. He scored two goals, albeit maybe flukier junk goals, but he scored two goals. What else do you need to see from Shea where he had one minor mistake? He, I will admit it. Shea had a minor, minor brain fart during that game, but for the most part was the fastest, had the most hustle, and you sit him. In the end of a game for Stahl Holden, when you're up to, to what, prove a point? That you didn't like him, that you trust your veterans? And you're not playing Pavel Buchnevich, who, by the way, when you played him in your lineup for more than 10 minutes, you're 3-0 against a strictly, I think, much better Montreal team. So I just don't understand. You have fit, Greg, you've broken me as a person. I am officially so perplexed by AV, and I defended him for so long that I just cannot do it anymore. I'm so on the edge with him, and I, I, I'm officially, I'm so close to being on that bandwagon with you. It's, I, I don't know what else needs I, to happen. First of all, first of all, I didn't do anything. You, I, I'm not, you just spoke I, the I facts. Just, all I was saying, I was warning you about this all year long, but I didn't do anything. I just told you this problem existed, and AV did it all himself. He, this was all him. I, I did nothing. I'm not the one that no, you're tried right. to hold it install out there for what felt like five of the last six minutes of that game. Um, and second, the AV comments totally read as maybe he's just an expert troll because everything he said could be answered with, yeah, Elaine, that's what we're trying to tell you. <laughs> like, <laughs> what, what, you're, what you're saying is yeah. exactly what Ranger fans are trying to tell you. Yes, play should be determined or minutes, total minutes on ice should be determined by how someone is playing. That's our point. Shea Smith has been the best pairing this postseason. And Dan Girardi had a moment in that game. And yet, here we are. Yeah. Dan Girardi had a moment in that game where he didn't see McDonough, and he gave gave a bad pass, and he let up a goal. And that was a classic Dan Girardi, uh, similar to how we lost the, the Stanley Cup playoffs against the Kings play. Um it was a very bad moment, but I can't hate on Dan too much because he has been playing um, better. You know, he's been he's been serviceable, and I haven't hated when when Dan's well, been on the ice. I'd, I'd say I, I don't I don't think you're being unfair to say Girardi has slid backwards from the first round series of yeah, Montreal. It's not unfair. I, I, like it's, I, it's not unfair to say. But, but look, the fact of the matter is, the Rangers' best defenseman this entire year has been Ryan McDonough, but their best pairing has been Shea Smith in this postseason, and it's not close. It's not. It's really not, and they he sat him for the last six minutes. How how could you do that? It just doesn't make sense. I, uh, last, last six last six minutes, and they did not get much time on ice in the, the overtime. Did they, I think at the end of the game, the Rangers the Rangers played eighty two total minutes in that game, and I, Shea saw the ice for less than twenty. I have it right here, actually. And Smith Smith Smith, I think, was less than twenty one. Yeah, when I have it right here, when overtime had started. Shane Hol- uh, Shea and Smith only had 13 minutes of ice time for the game, while McDonough had 25. Holden Stahl and Dan Girardi had 21 minutes apiece. Are you kidding? Doesn't make any sense. Are you kidding? It doesn't. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's illogical, and 
I don't think there is a smart way for anyone to explain it away. I, I think the Ranger fan base was fairly united in their, well, this is unacceptable. This has to, something has to be done about this uh, mindset. Like there have been factions all year long in Ranger fandom of, you know, half the fan base saying, you know, everyone's being a little, some people being hard on AV. This is a guy that's gotten us to the playoffs six straight years. He took us to the Eastern Conference final twice. We, you know, we lost the 50-50 series with the Kings and the Stanley Cup. You can make the case that the Rangers could have a cup right now, yada, yada. And then there's the other half of the fan base, which is like, look, that's all nice and good. But the fact of the matter is A.B. is just not a good coach. He doesn't know how to manage his asset. And I look. How many times? Right? It's clear now. Like, I, I, I don't know what other example you want from me. And A.B. is talking about making changes. And we all know what the changes he's going to make. He's going to put Glass back in the lineup and sit Buchnevich. He can't do it. Which is not going to – it's not going to work. He can't, right? It's like, not going to work. You, look, I just – what – here's my other question. What could possibly – what could Pavel Buchnevich done in those five and a half minutes for A.V. to justify actually, taking him out of the lineup? I think even like, a better question is – He didn't give – What could have Oscar, Oscar Lindbergh done? Oscar Lindbergh's been nothing but good since he's come back. So what – where? Where is – I don't see – But like – yeah. If, if you're going to criticize both those guys for not playing well, you didn't give them enough time to even not play well. It, like, you didn't give them enough time to do anything. You gave them enough time to get off the bench, fart, and sit back down. That's basically what they could have done. Maybe the fart smelled really bad. I don't know. I wasn't there. Could have been taco night on uh, Friday. AV and things on, were just banking up the bench. AV on returning. Here's some, here's some real good quotes from AV on returning to the garden for game through. We're looking forward to the opportunity. Really? Really? Were you looking forward to winning game two? And by the way, we haven't talked. We haven't even touched on game one, which, which was a very winnable game. Hank gets beat by some absolute garbage, and you know it wasn't. A, it was a. It was a shitty goal, but it was a. It was stoppable. He was out of position a little bit, but I don't entirely blame Hank for that goal. And we we should be able to score more no, than and, one goal and, in that game. Yeah, yeah. Game one. Game one happens. Like the Rangers couldn't create Flat. offensive opportunities. Uh, and it's just, yeah, like, I could explain away game one. It wasn't like A.V. did anything glaring that really stood out. It's not like the Senators played extremely well. That was a 50-50 game where neither team was really worthy of the win. It just so happened someone had to do it. But game two, the Rangers had won. It was over. And then A.V. decided, let's make this interesting. I like, I, I've been hard on A.V. all year. And I could really just take this opportunity to pile on him. I'm not going to because I don't think I need to. I, I think the proof at this point is in the pudding. You saw what happened. It has been the easiest thing, most obvious thing for anyone to be able to see is that Mark Holden and Mark Holden, Mark Stahl and Nick Holden have been the Rangers' worst defensive pairing for the better part of three, the last three months. And look, Whatever my thoughts have been on Nick Holden all year, whatever my thoughts have been on Mark Stahl since he came back from his concussion, doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, facts are facts, and they have just been categorically the Rangers' worst defensive pairing. And yet, A.V., either at this point, he either doesn't see it or he doesn't want to see it. And both of those are problems. Because you, there is, there's no way he can walk away from the last three months and be like, I think the chemistry between Stahl and Holden has been good enough to justify 
and to warrant them being on the ice at the most crucial moments. It's not there. It, no one has said it's there but him, and yet here we are. So it, it is, in my mind, it has been, in my mind, a fireable offense because if A.V. is not going to see something that obvious, I'm worried about what else he's not seeing. And what else he's not seeing? He's not seeing the things Pavel Buchnevich and Oscar Lindbergh can do on the ice here's for his a, team. Here's a good one, he's not, he's, not seeing, he's not seeing the things that Tanner Glass takes away from the lineup when you put him in, even when he's playing at his absolute best. He's not, he's, like, he's not just not seeing the forest through the trees. He's, not, like, he's a flat earther. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't understand anything. You know what? Here's what's bother, what bothers me. Kevin Hayes, besides the one one play I would say in the Montreal series, and JT Miller, have been awful. They've been invisible. I mean, Kreider's been stepping, he stepped it up a little bit in that last game, but most people have been invisible. How are you going to sit Oscar Lindbergh and Pavel Buchnevich, who have shown, who have shown a lot of fucking spunk and have played a lot? Have Pavel Buchnevich is one of the reasons why we won those three games. You know, he just provided the spark to this offense that wasn't there before, and you're going to sit him. You can't sit talent like that. And you, JT Miller, you could start, you could play him less. You know, I know he's one of your boys. I get it. I love JT Miller just as much as everyone else does in Ranger Town. But I just can't justify not, like, I want to rotate. By the way, Greg, double overtime is hard. You know, we're all human. No matter how much conditioning you get, conditioning you get, these guys are tired. How are you going to have a short bench when you're going to double overtime? Doesn't make any sense to me. Makes no sense. I think, I think the guy that is, I, because, you know, rightfully so, everyone is having a lot of problems with AB. Uh, the guy that's getting overlooked and probably not talked about enough is just how poorly JT Miller has played in every game so far this postseason. He's been bad. As good as he was during the regular season is about as bad as he's been in the postseason. And you're right. There is zero reason for AB not to, not only just to take some ice time away from Hayes and Miller, but right now, if you're if you're trying to win a hockey game, you have to put Hazen Miller on the fourth line. Like it, it, there's the playoffs isn't a time to give a player so much leash to try and skate himself out of a slump. You have to call a spade a spade. And JT Miller right now, I mean, case in point, it was harder for him to put the puck in Anderson's glove than it was for him to find open space in the net in game two. Um, and yet he put it right in Anderson's glove. So maybe if he's trying to do that, perhaps to him, that's a hell of a shot. But he had so much open net, and he just, you know, he can't catch a break. Right now, Hayes and Miller, and I, I, don't, I, I wouldn't put Jesper Foss on the fourth line with him, but Hayes and Miller, I guess you could say Hayes, Miller, Grabner. I'm not saying Grabner's been playing poorly, but that you can make a good case for that being a fourth line right now, and Lindbergh, Foss, and Buchnevich should be getting third-line minutes. But not only is that not going to happen, Ryan, I, I have complete confidence that Buchnevich is not even going to uh, lace him up in game three. I, I think he gets healthy scratched. Uh, you know what? Can I, can I mention his name? Is it time? Can we play Adam McClendenin? No. Look, <laughs> look but here's, here's the thing. Like, here's the thing I've been saying this entire postseason. It's not even... You know, I, I think it gets a little comical how, many, how much you and I ask for Clendenning. Yeah. I'm asking for Camper at this point. I'm literally asking for anything not named Kevin Klein. Uh, it, it's just, if Klein gets reinserted back into this lineup for Holden, like it's one step forward, two steps back. It's like, oh, look, AV at least acknowledged the fact that Holden is struggling, but he's not, like, 
it's not a bigger it's a bigger risk to put Klein in the lineup and expect him to play better than he's played at any point this entire season. It's not that big of a risk to put Camper in and just expect something to be a little different. It's I'm not saying Camper is going to all of a sudden turn into fucking like Nicholas Lindstrom, but my God, he can't be worse. He can't be worse, Greg. The effort holding. It's unbelievable. It's impossible. I just Adam. It's impossible. Adam, come on the podcast and defend yourself, but also. I just don't see a way where Adam like isn't isn't better. He, I know he's a little he's not great defensively, but you know what? He's gonna help the offense. He's not Nick Holden, and I could put him with Shea and put Smith with Stall. I'm fine. It's fine. And just, you, no, you know you know what? I could even if AD has such a fucking hard on for Holden, you can even convince me that sit Stall. It's not Stall's fault that he got concussed earlier this year. He's looked sluggish ever since it. And yeah. that's a very natural thing. He took a very serious injury to the head, and he has been the same player since. Th- that happens in hockey. By the way, maybe that, hap- that's that why, happened to Rick Nash, know, too, just two years yeah, ago. And, you know, maybe that's why you rotate your defenseman during the regular season so you're giving Stahl more time off to get his legs underneath him. And right now, Stahl just doesn't have it. Stahl, Stahl's not been good. Like, Nick Holden and Mark Stahl individually have not been good, so it just – it's one error compounding the other when you put the two together. If you really want to play Holden, fine. I'm cool with you scratching stall for Camper or Clendenning. It's just to not do anything, I, I, what's the point? I, I don't know. The insanity is defined by doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And, the, here, and, and here I we am are. Confident that, I am confident that AV is great, is insane, because he's, he's, that's exactly what he's doing. He's repeating mistakes night in and night out. And he's expecting different things to happen. And different things are not going to happen. I do want to touch a little bit on, on Lundqvist's game. Just just briefly. That was probably the worst Lundqvist game we've seen in a long time, right? Am I, was, it, was, it, was it him or was it the defense? I, I think there were some soft goals let in. And there were some ricochets that are very tough as a goalie. I understand that. But the first goal, man, that was a really... That was a, there was at least two goals where I was like, Man, Hank, you can't let in five of 25 shots. That's just... I, I know I ask a lot. No, of even you, but I, even I can't at, have that. Even with the defense, even with the defense at its absolute absolute lowest point, uh, I don't think Henrik is the kind of guy that should ever give up five goals in a game. Uh, am I going to blame him for doing it? No, because I know he wasn't getting any help. But I think it would be if we didn't say that was a bad game from Hank, we would not be breaking down this game correctly. It was a bad game from Hank. But here's the thing. Goalies are going to have bad games. And great teams, as often as a goalie is able to bail out his team, the team has to be able to bail out Hank. And that was a game the Rangers should have been able to bail out Hank. There is never a situation where the Rangers score five goals and they should lose. That should not happen with a goalie as good as Henrik Lundqvist between the pipes. But the Rangers did not bail out Hank. Part of that is AV's decision on who he was going to put on the ice in crunch time. And part of that was the players, simply put, the team, the, the team defensively did not put up an effort, did not put up a fight. Um, but I will not blame all five, all six goals on the Rangers defense. I, I, Hank is partly responsible. It's just Hank has earned the goodwill and the benefit of the doubt where I am never going to blame him for a playoff loss. The team has to be able to pick him up, and they didn't. And now we're in an 0-2 hole. 
here we are. Yeah. Uh, all right. So this is probably a good time to mention I'm going to game three. <laughs> it's uh, I got a, a message from a, a listener on Reddit. His name is uh, his name's Dan. He organizes the Reddit meetup every year. He's a very nice guy. And he offered me the ticket to go sit with him tomorrow. And I thought about it. I originally said maybe. And I'm sitting here saying, you know what? I'm going to go. And I understand I might be walking into a funeral. Like, it, this could be one of the worst sports experiences of my life, right? I, I know what I'm paying for. I'm paying top dollar to be sad, right? Am I doing that? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. That's exactly what you're doing. Great. Like, Wonderful. <laughs> the, the most the most fun part of your night is going to be negotiating the delays at Penn Station. Oh yeah! Oh my God, that's going to be miserable. I might just drive in at that point. Maybe how much do I hate myself? Who knows? Um, I can't. Well, well, well there got to be. There have to be like. There has to be a different way to get to New York via mass transit. From like, is it worth if you're on the Long Island LIRR? Is it really? Why don't you just take it to like? Woodside and take the seven the rest of the way. Because it's sometimes it's really not that easy. It's just it's it is easier to go into Penn, for real. I know it. I know it. Even though is it, it, though? it is, yeah, that's the worst part. That's really what the worst part is. Like uh, I have often thought about this. Like there, are, you can get off the Long Island Railroad at. I mean, you could get off closer to New York City than City Field. Like if you get off at Woodside and take the seven to Grand Central, it's only like a. 10, 15 minute walk from Grand Central Madison Square Garden. Is that really less convenient than just trying to take the LIRR all the way in and having to deal with the delay? Mm. Especially, especially think about that time of night. It depends if there's um, going to be actual delays. There probably is, and I probably hate myself, so. Uh. Like the, the subway going to Grand Central from Woodside in rush hour, I don't think is crowded. I feel like everyone is trying to get out of get Grand out. Central. So if you're going against the grain, it might not I be that feel bad. like it would be... Maybe I will make I, that trip. Look, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying try it, like, but I would give, obviously give yourself extra time. Yeah. It's just I know that Penn Station is bad and it's not getting better. So I, I don't know why you wouldn't at least just take it to Woodside and then use the subway from there. You know what? I, tomorrow I will just take the subway in, but I think for future... You can, yeah, you don't even have to go off the Grand Central. What am I saying? You can take the 7 all the way to Times Square. Yeah, maybe that's the room. Maybe that's the way. This And this has been Travel Talk with Greg and Ryan. <laughs> plan, plan, planning, going, <laughs> planning going to MSG. Um, I do want to mention, and I, I know I mentioned previously uh, earlier in this podcast uh, in the, in the before the theme music went off that I'm going to be at the game. If you do want to meet me, you can message me on Reddit at, at Flaccid Lotus. I'll be the guy in the Blue Shirts Breakaway t-shirt. We could talk, chat, and, and all cry together. Uh, so feel free to hit me up there or on Twitter at O'Reilly or you can tweet Greg and he'll message me at Blue Shoots Break. We'll go there. Um, Greg, and I... uh, and if you if you want to if you want to watch the game with me, I'll be in my house, lights off, flipping between depressing Rangers and super depressing Mets games. We will so get to the Mets in a life, minute. Life will be good. There are, there is some brief. I don't know. If, I don't know if I want to. You don't? You sure? I, I, listen, no, I guess I do. For the for for the people who who care, all three of them, I do want you to talk about the Mets. I. I do want to get to a little bit of Ranger news today. Um, we did sign Matt Duleth. He is a free agent. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Matt. Yeah. No, I'm lying. Oh, my God. My, my screen. The New York Rangers will sign Matt Duleth free agent. D Nick Neil Pionk? Is that his name? Sure. The okay. Russian defender. I just messed this up. So let me talk about what I just did. I read Min Duleth. That's his college. As his name. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's not a Russian defender. That's he's he's an American player. And I did hit up James Clark. His name actually is Neil Pionk. That was one of the most depressing moments of of my life. So now I'm going to talk about Neil Pionk. I did hit up James Clark, our resident uh, prospect effort expert, and said, "Hit me with the information on Neil Pionk." And he said, "Oh shit, son! Smallish moving puck D who won the NCAA championship with Duluth. Think a Krug slash Dan Boyle type, right-handed. He plays right-handed. So that's good news. He might actually be something. I'm not sure if he'll actually turn out to be a player that makes an impact on this team." But he is right-handed, and that's something we've talked about on this this uh, podcast before that we do need. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not the point in the year where we should really be breaking down. We won't be off-season this signing. Will be an, this will be an off-season. It's definitely a good. It's it, it's a good prospect move. Um, I think I'm more intrigued by what the Rangers are going to do with some notable um, KHL free agents out there. I know they've already brought in Beres Galov. He's a prospect, but there's. Um, I'm forgetting his name, but there's Kovalchuk? a couple older free agents, not Kovalchuk. There, let's let's put this one to bed right now. There is a less than zero chance that Ilya Kovalchuk is a Ranger next year. I know that Kovalchuk has limited um, the teams he will go to to basically the Rangers, the Islanders, the Panthers, and the Lightning. Even with there only being four teams in the running, there is absolutely no way the Rangers should try and find roster room for Ilya Kovalchuk. He doesn't play defense. He doesn't replace Nick Holden, Mark Stahl, Dan Girardi, or Kevin Klein. The Rangers have limited cap space as it is. There is zero sense financially and roster uh, construction-wise where Ilya Kovacuk should be a Ranger next year. None. And that's it. That's all I want to – That I don't want to talk about it anymore because it doesn't deserve any more time than that. It would be all the goodwill Jeff Gordon built up last offseason – Trading for Ilya Kovalchuk instead of making significant D moves would be a nail in the coffin. Now's today, a good time to mind. ask you about Shattenkirk. <laughs> the Capitals, our dear well, friends. Yeah, he, he, I, I like how I, I, we started this segment of the podcast off with, it's, too, it, it's not the time for us to talk about any offseason moves. Yeah, but this is, this um, is uh, I think, a little bit more relevant right now because Shattenkirk, not exactly playing his best hockey uh, against the Pens, who are typically doing what they do in destroying the Capitals. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm, I, I'd be lying if I said I was watching that series closely. Uh, I think it's funny that the Penguins are up two games done and are absolutely just crushing the souls of Capitals fans. Oh, and they're going there back are two to traditions. Pittsburgh. That's the best part. Yeah, there are two traditions in American postseason sports uh, this time of year that are unlike any other. The and Cl- it's the Clippers? the Clippers blowing playoff series leads and the Capitals just mm-hmm. never being able to get over the hump and into a conference final. Like, the crazy thing about the Ovechkin era with the Capitals is not just that they haven't had a lot of playoff success. They haven't even reached the conference final. That's the most insane part. Like, this is this is as far as the Capitals have ever gotten with a team built around Alex Ovechkin and Braden Holtby. That makes sense. They have never gotten further than this. That's and, nuts. And That's yet, like the Braves winning 16 straight division titles and only winning one World Series. That's that's also absolutely insane. <laughs> it doesn't make with Maddox Glavin and Smoltz, mind you. Yeah. And Chipper Jones and Andrew Jones and Marcus Giles on all the PEDs in the world. And and yet, the, the and yet they didn't. The Capitals um, can't end up beating. They just they just can't beat either a us or b the Penguins. And the Penguins, by the way. But like the well, well before before we say that, just the Shattenkirk question. How oh, much yes. is it? I mean, he has not been playing well, but. 
was was Shattenkirk really a fit? Like in hindsight, was Shattenkirk a fit for the Capitals, or was it kind of one of those situations where, you know, Carl Malone and Gary Payton are great players, so when we went to the Lakers, it didn't work, or Dwight Howard was a great player, but when he went to the Lakers, it just didn't work because it it wasn't a fit. Like by name, Kevin Shattenkirk to the Capitals on paper sounds great, but then you have to realize these guys have to play together. And I, look, I'm not I'm not saying life's going to get easier for Shattenkirk when he comes to the Rangers. I mean, he's like, hey, look, not. there are three people for six spots. Um, hmm. I mean, Shattenkirk's style with McDonough will be super interesting. And I think I still think regardless of how well or how poorly Shattenkirk is playing, I think he's going to be worth the money. Um, but it, it does make me wonder, in hindsight, if you're the Capitals, should you have thought about fit more than uh, sticker price? It seems like that because look, Shattenkirk is the only super tempting. the only person on that team that's in, terrible in, right now. <laughs> it's everyone, right? It's 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 not good anywhere. No one's really playing well, and our podcast would be a lot more depressing if we were the Capitals. Oh yeah, because I still th- I still think and have always thought that whoever wins that series is winning the Stanley Cup. And congratulations, Penguins! Looks like you guys are going to repeat as champions. I still think well, I still think we have a chance to win this series. By the way, I'm not out. I'm not out yet on the Sen series. If we take tomorrow's game, uh, well, you know the old the, the old time saying is it's not a series until the home team loses. Yeah. So I, technically, I, technically the Senators have just held serve. The Rangers can hold serve back and win Game Five, and it's a completely different series. But I look. As optimistic as I know you're trying to be, I am. This does not look like a Ranger team that can win four straight games. I just uh, no. It if doesn't. They, if Greg, if they lose tomorrow, it's over. It's over. That's it. I think. I think if they lose, I think they if they lose either game at home, it's over. I think the only way the Rangers, the only way the Rangers are going to win the series is if they go three and zero at home. Probably. That's it. I I, do, I don't think I don't think the Rangers can ever uh, can afford to lose game three or four because. Like I said, I don't think this team, as currently constructed and as currently managed by Elaine Vino, is capable of rolling off four straight wins. Nope. Yeah. And at least, I, I haven't seen anything to suggest otherwise. At least we are going back home. You know, I know we haven't been the best home team all year. I get that. There's been a lot of storyline about that in general. I will be making noise tomorrow, by the way. Um, but this is a team that I still believe we're better than the sense. I know that sounds crazy. I know they outplayed us two games in a row. And they had all the momentum going, but I, I think it resets here, and I think we could take these next two games, and I, I hope we take them handedly, but I have a feeling that will not be the case. And I, I will be at the game. Very, no, I, very I think I think if the Rangers win, it'll be the Garden yeah, Garden Variety one goal win where Hendrick is playing outrageous again. Um, look, you're not you're not being unfair to the Senators to say the Rangers are a better team. They are on paper, but it doesn't matter. You're the play Senators the game. right now. You play it. Yeah, the Senators right now are executing better than the Rangers are. And Guy Boucher is making less mistakes than Elaine Vigneault. I'm not, like, it's not that Guy Boucher, Guy Boucher might not be a better coach. It's just Guy Boucher is not making errors right now. Well, he didn't make any changes. If, if like, AV's going <laughs> to, you know, he's just playing If AV is going to keep making mistakes, it's not even so much that Boucher is capitalizing on them. It's just Boucher isn't matching a mistake with a mistake. He's just, He's literally just riding the waves, whereas AV is and AV is drilling more holes in the boat as opposed to plugging the holes that he has. It's totally fair. 
Uh, I, I do want to touch on two more quick things before we head over to some nonsense in the Mets. Uh, Glass says he doesn't know if he's going to play for Game 3, and AVS talks to some of his staff and Gorton because he's considering a few options. Okay, well, that's pretty cryptic. Thanks, Glass is definitely playing. And um, Yeah, I, I, I don't, I, AV doesn't know what a few other options are. I guess the other option is just not playing the yeah, game at all. What's the option? Or, like, we talked about the other options. He won't do them. He just won't. Yeah. The smart, the smart play would be to knock Hayes and Miller down to the fourth line and give Lindbergh and Buchnevich more minutes, and it would be to replace one of, if not both, of Holden and Stahl with either Camper or Clendetting, uh, and that's not going to happen either. So if those are the things that aren't going to happen, then what is? it's just going to be Tanner, Tanner Glass for Pavel Buchnevich. And you know what? Knowing AV, it'll work for a game again. Ugh. And people will say, oh, blah, blah, blah. Look at AB. He's putting the grinder in there. Yada, yada. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> um, two, two last things. How do you we know, that might this... have been the first time on this podcast we swore. That was pretty good. I you might have just said, like, earlier. I did. I did a curse. I cursed earlier. Um, so good, good oh, on you, though. Good on you. Um, yeah. MSG, what's up? All right. I do want to touch two more things. How do we let somebody score four goals? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> How are we not. Oh my it's god. It's one thing it's one thing to let a player score four go four go for I, go. Wow, I can't even say it. Four go. Four goals. Four go. But uh I don't think Peugeot, is that it? Peugeot, yeah. Yeah, he's not exactly the kind of guy you should be giving up four goal games to. Not at all. Not that's even like, a little bit. That's like Tanner Glass scoring a hat trick. I would lose my shit. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I wouldn't even be happy. I, will, I I honestly like if Tanner Glass plays tomorrow scores three goals and the Rangers win 3-1, wouldn't even be happy. I'd, just, I'd be like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Are you I, serious? I would be giddy, but that's because I would be there. Um, and then the other uh, the other thing I want to say is Rick Nash had an open net. and just couldn't put it in. Two defenders put the sticks right in front. Couldn't get it in. There was actually a lot of open net in that game. Yeah. There was a ton. Yeah, J- didn't JT Miller have like the open net of open net? Kreider did too. And yeah. literally, yeah, it was, I, I swear to God, it was harder for net, for Miller to find Craig Anderson than it was for him to find Ned. It was incredible. Like, All right. I, JT Miller's just, he's just been so bad. I, and it breaks my heart because JT Miller had a fantastic regular season, but my God, he should not be getting significant ice time, especially over guys like Lindbergh and Buchnevich right now. Shouldn't be happening, but it's going to happen again and again and again and again and again and again and again. And, again. and, and, again. and, and then the are going to be out of the playoffs and it will stop happening. Uh, insanity is expecting different results by doing the same thing as you said and it is true uh let's move on to a little bit of nonsense here by nonsense i mean i would like to give your take on your (sighs) and i say that because i made a joke now i I, this is some inside baseball here i made a joke last week that the rockies uh let up 43 goal 43 goals wow 43 runs against the nationals in three days and you said they'd probably let up half that in one game against the mets and Greg, that happened. So really great call. I mean, you couldn't have predicted it, but you totally, you totally did. So I want to give you some kudos there. The Mets uh, sent out a tweet after the game, I guess, to try and distract me. And like, we set a franchise record. We hit 35 home runs in the month of April. Did they and really I was do that? Like, yeah, you also gave up 35 home runs against the Nationals on Sunday. So they seriously good did job on you. Wow. Yeah, we hit we hit 35 homers as a team, but uh, oh, we're, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm like talking about sending number. the tweet. That's like super. Like I yeah, would just well, send out the a Mets, sad. The Mets, are, 
We're talking about an organization that allowed a player to refuse an MRI and that that player tore his lat as a result. So not exactly an organization that's using their fucking head, Ryan. I have a question. Um, Do you know that you might know this? Does he have a clause in his contract that, that says he can deny MRIs? No, he's on his rookie contract. He basically doesn't have any rights at all. So how? Like, Great. <laughs> he, how? He's basically an indentured servant. Yeah, I don't understand. They're fucking Mets, Ryan. I like. I honestly don't know how to explain this without you without saying they're just a fucking Mets. <laughs> just... Like that, that would happen to no other team. That only happens to the Mets because player... every other team, if a player refuses an MRI, they'd be like, "That's cool. You're going on the DL until you get an MRI." Like it's that simple. It's. Ryan, if a doctor recommends to you to get an MRI, what are you probably going to do? No, I'm not going to say to the doctor. You're probably getting an MRI. Yeah, I'm not going to be like, no, man, I'm good. <laughs> like, put me out there. Yeah. And uh, you're not being paid, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to play a sport. Like, just get the – here's the thing. Like, if Syndergaard could have gotten the MRI, it could have given him a clean result. First, it was his bicep that was hurt, not his lat. And doctors are saying it doesn't seem like the bicep injury – is the root cause of the lat injury, which I have a hard time believing because I think, like, Syndergaard was trying to, like, the bicep injury, physically speaking, may not have caused the lat injury, like, you know, the tendon or whatever the connection is might not be there. But I think Syndergaard was overexerting himself to work through a potential bicep injury, which caused a lat tear, which I think is totally possible. Um, But, like, the MRI could have come back clean. And this injury probably still happens. And then, you know, I just, I would have to find someone else on the staff to blame. But to not get the MRI is just. It's so asinine. foolish. I, like, I, I, I cannot, ex- I cannot explain it to you. Like, Does, it's May 1st, Ryan. I know it's May 1st. In it my is. head, I know it's May 1st. The Mets have played 24 of 162 games. It's barely been a drop in the season. And yet, I honestly, like, I do not see a scenario in which the Mets are making the playoffs. It's hard to it, do it's that not there. at this point. I, uh, I, I was just completely wrong about the Nationals. Um, I think the Nationals are the only team in the National League that could challenge the Cubs for the NL title. Ryan Zimmerman it's is playing a lineup. baseball that he's never played before. I just – he's playing it's, it's a lineup, of his It's mind. a lineup that doesn't have – I mean – it's the lineup now has a hole in center field because Adam Eaton's leg exploded. That was disgusting. Get well soon. I honestly, I, I won't lie. I'm, I'm shocked. It's just an, it's a, it's a knee injury. When, <laughs> when I watched it live, I thought he broke. I thought he broke his leg. Oh, it was. I, I thought, thought it was his totally leg broken. collapsed yes. on itself. Yeah, I thought it collapsed on himself when he stretched the first base. Um, also, before, oh my god, I don't even know how the Mets won that game. Bases loaded, nobody out, and the Mets won the game. It's like they don't make any fucking sense, right? Like I, I don't. I, I know that. I just wanted to get your take on this. I know. I, I think you're going to be end up being a seller. Um, when it comes down to the trade. Oh, absolutely. Line. The only there are only four players. If I'm the Mets, I'm not trading. Uh, Degrom, Syndergaard, even with the injury, Cespedes, even with the injury. Come on, how could you trade Syndergaard? Like the guy, Every, the guy's a hundred million dollar player. When it comes down. No, to you're, you're not. You're not trading. He's a two hundred million dollar player. Right. At least you're yeah. not trading him. You're not trading Cespedes, you're not trading the ground, you're not trading Conforto. Literally everyone else on the 25-man roster, due to the, the free agents, that the, the Mets have so many free agents at the end of the year. Granderson, Bruce, Duda, Cabrera, Walker, and Reyes are all free agents, and Reed is a free agent at the end of the year. If you can't get something for those seven guys, I don't know what you're doing. You could definitely if get If you trade pieces. Duda, you can bring up, if you, if, if you create an opening at first base, you can give Dom Smith half a year to get his feet under him. 
if you trade Cabrera and Reyes, you can give Ahmed Rosario a half season to get his feet under him. If you trade Walker, you can give Gavin Cicchini a half season to get like the great. This is the thing. As bad as the Mets are having this year, like future still bright. If they sell off all their pieces, they're still fine for a run next year. Their farm system is very good. Oh, it's, they have Cicchini to play good. second, Rosario to play short, Smith to play first. Can they keep them? What they don't have anymore really are the question. Yeah, what they don't have anymore are young pitchers that are major league ready. Their best pitching prospects are in the low minors. Um, so they're kind of screwed on that front. But, you know, you and I both know, as smart as it would be for the Mets just to play out the month of May, see what happens, and then um, sell come June, there are already rumors connecting the Mets to Todd Frazier to come in to play third base. That would be awful. And t- today is the first day that I have heard a Bartolo Colon reunion rumor. How? You know why? What? Even if the Mets suck, why not, Ryan? Our pitchers are dead. Well, Bartolo Colon and Lugo like... are at least a month away. Yeah. Uh, Syndergaard is going to be out at least two months. What are you giving for Bartolo? Harvey doesn't like, look nothing, right. Though, right? Like you're going to give up nothing, pretty much. Probably gonna... nothing. Like the Mets, <laughs> the Mets have given the Braves nothing for Kelly Johnson each of the last two years. They can just continue <laughs> to give them nothing. Yeah, that's um, fine. We'll pay for the rest of this. You just go ahead. Thanks for holding this for while we were with Yeah, I, I really, uh, you know, but if, the, if like, look, Bartolo Colon would just be like the shiny new toy to distract Met fans from the utter miser- miserableness and depression that is this season because as much as I love Bartolo, if any Met fan is expecting him to come in and him to be any kind of savior, you're fucking nuts. It's, it's not just, happening. I'd rather, give up, I'd rather give up a prospect for Bartolo Colon than have to watch fucking... Rafael Montero pitch every five days. I just want to say, we, did mention, we mentioned the cursing, cursing before. We talked about the Rangers the whole time. You dropped one F-bomb. That's it. We went to the Mets, 20. Like, it's been five minutes. <laughs> Ryan, have you seen what happened to the Mets the last two and a half weeks? I have, Jesus. yeah, I have, yeah. Like, it's this, bad. I, at least I'm not that fucking barstool kid that went off. That kid. I, look, first of all, was Syndergaard smart to deny the MRI? No. But it's almost like, it's like a kid telling a parent he's not eating his vegetables the parent then didn't have to be like i guess you don't have to eat your vegetables no make him fucking eat his vegetables <laughs> tell him he's either getting the mri or he's going on the dl like Syndergaard could say whatever the fuck he wants the mets didn't have to be like well i guess he's not getting the mri that's not how this works that's not how it works it's not how it works an employer asked works. an employee to do something the employee said no the employer was like well we tried don't well, know yeah, what to we tell you yeah. like if, if if my boss asks me, Greg, can you work on Saturday? And I say no. And he could be like, no, I wasn't really asking you. And then I'd be like, well, shit, I guess I'm out of luck and working on Saturday. I, yeah, like, I guess I'm working on Saturday. It's, it's very nice of them to ask. But at the end of the day, I know I don't have a choice. Yeah, it's um, my job. I, I get oh it. It's my, my, how I live oh my, my life. Oh, my God. I just, this, this goddamn team, Ryan. I, uh, <laughs> I I'm going back. Hey, I do oh, want to touch I on. Like rolled, I rolled my eye back in my head. No, wow. but I just want to answer okay. the the riddle that – a viewer uh, asked me of who I would fire, Terry Collins or Elaine Vigneault. Yes. Gun to my head, in all honesty. It's A.V. It's A.V. It's because AV. Terry still says the right shit to the media, at least. Like, I think Terry knows he's an idiot and tries to find ways to minimize the, own, the damage he can do to himself. A.V., I think, legitimately thinks he's smart. And I, I think that's more of a problem than Terry Collins. Uh, in a perfect world, they're both gone. Um, but Lord knows I do not live in a perfect world. I think, you know, this podcast will continue to exist next year, and this topic will reign again. 
But for right now, I hey, do. Ryan, I got a nonsense. I got a nonsense question for you. Yes. Could the Civil War have been avoided? You know, Greg, uh, I read some good quotes from Andrew, Andrew Jackson, and he said the Civil War. He saw it coming for years. You know, he was for out years. There, he was out there saying, you know, the Civil War is coming. Andrew, Andrew Jackson saw it coming. Andrew Jackson saw it coming for so many years that he decided to die 16 years before the outbreak of war. <laughs> I that love, is one. That is one man living with foresight right there. I live. I love this country, my friend. I do. Oh my god, I hate. I hate everything. The New York Yankees are way ahead of schedule. I just want to point that. I know we don't do a lot of Yankee talk on this. Uh, I just. I mean, look, I, I had a lot of bad calls in that MLB over under podcast, but I don't think I had a better call than saying. I really like the Yankees this year. They look really good. I was, you know, who was like a whole new player now. I was big now? on that bandwagon. Starling Castro looks rejuvenated. Guy's hitting three fifty. He really right does. Now. He really does look That's, good. He's yeah, he, he looks good. And by the way, I mean, he's, he's going to hit a cold streak. He's twenty six. Like he he couldn't put it together. Yeah, he's one of, he's one of those guys that's been around, but like he made his debut at what nineteen? Twenty twenty on the, like, he's on the been, clubs. He, yeah. He's been around for what feels like forever, um, and yeah. he's just he's still so damn young. He he's like fucking. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of him. <laughs> He's like a young player that's been around <laughs> for a long time, Greg. <laughs> right. Right, right. Exactly. Well, listen, let's 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 end this this guy. Uh tomorrow night, guys, I'm gonna try. If I if I don't get delayed in Penn Station, I'm gonna try and uh call James as soon as I get home to do like maybe a 20, 30 minute reaction pod, and you'll get either the saddest me or, or I'll give you the whole experience. Uh as I mentioned earlier, uh on the preview of the, the podcast, uh I'm gonna be hosting the Snapchat or or the tick pick Snapchat. Our, our good friend Connor Clark works at TickPick. He's allowing me to take over the TickPick Snapchat for the the game. So I will be Snapchatting there my experience and probably pissing off the people around me and, and or being excited or sad. So follow me on there. And, uh, you know, that's that's all our plans for right now. Maybe we'll do a post game on Thursday. Uh, I'll, I'll do that maybe with James, too, because I know. Oh, or maybe you'll be around. I think you've got kickball, right? Thursday? Oh, yeah, I'll be hammered. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, I'm going to be hammered. All right. Uh, well, it'll either be James or Greg on Thursday with me. I'll definitely do that one, that's for sure. Because uh, that'll either be the end of the series or we're going to be fighting our fight for our life at that point. Uh, I really don't think we're going to get swept, so that's good news, I hope. And, uh, Greg, anything else you want to... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we laugh now. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we head out of here? I had my first pickleback shot Saturday night. Okay. And I'm not a shot guy. I'm a shot. I'm not guy. a big shot guy. Okay. So I, I was very nervous about it. Delicious. It might be. Might might have been too delicious. I absolutely yeah. hate pickles. Hate them. I See, hate I'm not. Them. I hate pickles. Never. I don't eat pickles. But it's almost like the the pickle juice neutralizes everything the alcohol taste normally does to me, and like it it was the smoothest shot I've ever taken. I'm a whiskey guy, so I'm I'm big into the burn. I, I like taking whiskey shots. It's really like it's 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 pleasurable yeah. for me. So I, get I this was this was honestly the first shot of straight alcohol I've had since 2012. Wow! Holy like I, I I I can't do I can't do straight shots anymore. Oh, like so the fact that like this was a straight shot of something followed by a straight chaser. Uh, I'm proud yeah, of you, Yeah, it blew my mind. I was a big fan. I'm proud of you. I was a big fan. All right, man. Uh, I think we're going to win this game. And I still think we're going to win the series. Let's go, Rangers. Uh, NBA playoffs, round two starts tonight. Or they started yesterday. That was weird. Started game early before the other series even ended. Uh, so I hope you guys are NBA watching. NBA playoffs are weird. They are weird. <clears throat> very weird. I'm, I'm rooting for the Spurs. Go Spurs. 
And uh, even though the Warriors are a guaranteed champion, I don't understand the NBA. And uh, yeah, that's it. So we'll talk to you guys soon. I'll, I'll see you guys maybe tomorrow night. Or if not, definitely Thursday. Love you all.